Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Barry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir on a very rainy Thursday here in Nashville. It is, uh, and, and, and not just... Not, and this isn't just a make conversation, talk about the weather type comment here. I mean, it is, it is becoming borderline biblical out there. Yeah, I've never seen, I haven't seen anything like this in a very long time where it's, it's not super windy yet. It's not particularly thunderstormy. It's just like consistent beating rain. Pretty insane, but that's a good reason for us to stay inside and talk football. That's right. Yeah, not here to talk weather. Uh, we're going to get into uh, a couple new hires on the staff. Um, Lane Kiffin had a, a position coach vacancy available. He has filled that, and he also hired a former position coach now as an analyst on the staff. We will get to that in the second segment. But first, yesterday, um, Ole Miss hired Western Kentucky's linebackers coach and defensive coordinator, Maurice Crum Jr., uh, to be the linebackers coach. I am not entirely sure if he is also going to be the co-DC. I think that is correct, along with Chris Partridge. But um, this one, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's a, a G5 to a P5 jump. Um, but this is someone who is very well-respected in the industry as a young up-and-comer, uh, only 35 years old, played at Notre Dame, um, and kind of looking at his resume as a player, uh, it's pretty impressive of what he did um, during his time with the Fighting Irish. Uh, signed with them in 2005, was a team captain. Um, during his career, he played in 50 games, made 306 tackles, 23 tackles for loss, eight sacks. He's 11th all-time in Notre Dame history in total tackles. He was a two-time team captain in 07 and 08. That's one of only 17 players in school history to accomplish such feat. Um, and you can make all the Rudy jokes you want and all the college football playoff blowout jokes you want, but uh, Notre Dame, that's a fine program to be mentioned uh, among 17 players in school history. Yeah, and I think the the coolest thing with Crum and his, his former play, I guess, uh, is that he is so young. I appreciate the fact that we're going to have somebody stepping in there. And like you said, I believe he is going to be the co-DC. That's what has been reported, and that seems to be the expectation. Um, it would make a lot of sense. But, I mean, he's played in the Fiesta Bowl. He's played in the Sugar Bowl. He's played in, you know, very significant bowl games fairly recently, obviously pre-college football playoff era. But he can speak to his experience on a level that, perhaps um, some other guys like Partridge even 
cannot. He's been there. He's done that. He's worked in a variety of different positions, um, worked with a variety of different positions. So his expertise is pretty vast and stretches across a lot of different um, areas. And so having him step in to kind of tag team this defense with Partridge makes a lot of sense. Um, and when you look at him as a coach, you know, the resume is there too. So I think this is a great hire um, for Kiffin and Ole Miss and, and to help Partridge perhaps see the game differently. You know, Durkin taught him how to coach a defense because it was the first time he had ever done so. And then now he doesn't have to go at it alone. He has someone alongside him who has been there, done that fairly recently um, on both the coach and player level. So I think it's a, a really great fit um, and we can dive into some of the numbers, but I, I think it's a really great fit for Ole Miss. And I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of not leaving Partridge out there by himself on an Island to try to coach a defense in only his second or third year actually being in charge of a defense. Um, I think it's a great hire. Yeah. Um, the connection there, obviously, um, played for Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame, went to um, Kansas with him, was on staff with him, and then uh, spent a couple seasons there. Briefly did a stint at Indiana State um, and then went over to Western Kentucky. Um, after arriving at Bowling Green, um, Kentucky, to uh, coach with the Hilltoppers, immediately made an impact coaching linebackers. Um, uh, coached a guy like Ben Holt, who um, set Western Kentucky's record for uh, tackles per game. And uh, that mark still stands, uh, fourth in Comet USA history. Uh, he had averaged 9.67 tackles uh, per game, 116 total in 12 games. Um, coached somebody like Joel, and I'm going to do my best to say this one, Joel Ayug Beniwa. Uh, he was an all Comet USA first teamer. Um, Led the Hilltoppers in tackles, 116. Uh, that was third in Hilltoppers history in a single season. Um, went uh, Declared early for the draft, was selected 115th overall by the Chicago Bears. Um, and then just his impact coaching linebackers before becoming the, the actual D.C. Um, the West Kentucky uh, had a top 25 defense, only allowed 20 points to, uh, total per game. Uh, that was 22nd in the country. Uh, they were sixth nationally in third down defense, third in the country that same year with only 82 missed tackles all year long. Um, so only about 6.3 per contest, one every 10 snaps. Uh, this was what stood out to me. Only Michigan and Air Force were better in that uh, category, which is impressive. Um, they were 15th in first downs allowed, 19th in red zone defense, 24th in total defense, 28th in passing yards allowed. Um, so then as the first year as the DC, he was eighth in passing yards allowed, 28th in total yards, 41st in points allowed. And then this past year, 2021, a year when they had Bailey Zappi, the all over the yard passing offense, it set all kinds of records. Zappi broke Joe Burrow's records in yards and touchdowns thrown. Um, so being the DC opposite. An offense like that is incredibly difficult to do. I don't think many people realize how hard that is. Um, they were second in the country in interceptions. They returned two of those for touchdowns, 44th in sacks, 46th in passing efficiency defense, 59th in tackles for losses, 64th in red zone defense. Um, but this one was what stood out to me, Grayson, and then I'll stop talking and let you uh, give your take on, on the crumb addition. But this one was important to me. West Kentucky gave up 38 points per game during its one and four start in 2021. Prior to their conference, a title game matchup against UT San Antonio, the Hilltoppers only gave up 18.9 in its last seven games that were all wins. So whatever Crom and his staff did clicked with their players um, and just making that kind of change after a horrific start one and four, and then you end up finishing the regular season eight, four, you go to the conference title game, and then you end up winning your bowl game. Um, so despite being ranked 90th in SP plus defense, Crumb's defense gave up 21 points or less in eight games. So, uh, look, I know it's G5. It's not the same level as the SEC, but like I said, you got to look at it, have some perspective, have some nuance when you look at this with 
having to field a defense while your offense is running close to 85, 90 plays a game is incredibly difficult. And he looked to have done a pretty solid job. And obviously it caught Lane Kiffin's attention and now he's on Ole Miss's staff. Yeah. And when you talk about that one and four start, those four losses were to good teams with, with very strong offenses last year. You know, you look at it and they started the year out with a big win over Tennessee Martin. I was actually going to go to that game because I wanted to see Bailey's happy play. Um, but I chickened out at the last minute because nobody would go with me to Bowling Green, Kentucky to watch Western Kentucky play in a season opener. Um, but in hindsight, I regret it because I didn't get to see Zappy in his record-breaking year. And then now I would have loved to have seen Crumb's defense in action, but I digress. Starts off the year against UT Martin, holds UT Martin to 21 points. The offense puts up 59. So I would imagine that the Western Kentucky defensive starters came out of the game early in the second half there, still only allowed 21 points, which um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ole Miss gave up uh, somewhere in the ballpark of 21 to Tennessee Martin a few years back. But anyway, um, so Western Kentucky then goes to Army. Army's offense is extremely difficult to prepare for, especially mm-hmm. on notice just because it, it is what it is. You give up 38 points to Army. Well, that doesn't sound all that great, uh, when you look at the numbers, you know, Army doesn't throw the ball much. So they held them under 100 yards passing um, on five attempts, which is, you know, solid enough. But then Army, again, impossible to stop when you just don't have the guys that are able to prepare against a triple option. And so 38 points in the grand scheme of things, not particularly terrible. Then you go and you host Indiana. Indiana at the beginning of last year was supposed to be very good. Um, obviously they didn't pan out that way and ended up being near the bottom of the big 10, but 33 points to Indiana, really not terrible, especially when you consider the fact that at, at Ole Miss, if Ole Miss's offense is not scoring 35 points a game, then there's a problem, right? So you'd imagine mm-hmm. holding Indiana to 33 points, not a huge deal. Then you go to Michigan state who Kenneth Walker was very much in the Heisman conversation last year very difficult player to stop had 126 yards and three touchdowns. So if you can take Kenneth Walker out of the game, you know, you're looking at 21 ish points. Then you play UTSA in a shootout. I mean, this was supposed to be a shootout from the beginning. UTSA's offense was explosive last year, giving up 58, 52 points to UTSA. Doesn't sound great. um, When you don't know what UTSA did last year. I mean, they put up, 349 yards and six touchdowns from their quarterback and 120 yards rushing. That sounds really terrible when you just come out and say it, but Mm -hmm. that was kind of the kickstart to an incredible run for the rest of the season where they go 20 points to old dominion, 19 points to FIU, 13 points to Charlotte. Charlotte had a pretty decent team last year, middle Tennessee, um, 21 points, Rice, 21 points, Florida Atlantic, 17, Marshall, 21, right? So you, you, you start the year off with, they had to rebuild a lot on defense last year. And that's the next thing I'll kind of transition into here. Um, and so Western Kentucky to, to stay in a game with army, Indiana and Michigan state, and even UTSA who went on to win the conference, um, really could be a lot worse than it looks on paper. So I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that panic right away. Oh my God, look at these numbers, but no, 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 Look at it holistically and realize that Western Kentucky is Western Kentucky. Um, and they had to rebuild a lot of their defense last year. And that's something that crumb did very well. So we are a recruiting podcast here on not committed. And I'm just going to talk really quickly. Uh, crumb took over the defense as the singular defensive coordinator for the 2021 season. Um, He was the co-defensive coordinator in 2020. So clearly he had a lot of say and impact into the recruiting class and Western Kentucky in 2021 did a lot of what Ole Miss has done with the transfer portal. So the two kind of correlate because that year in 2021, which was, uh, Crumb's first year as the sole defensive coordinator, they only signed three recruits. The rest of their class came from the transfer portal and they were to bring, they were able to bring in 
defensive player. I'm just going to read the defensive players from Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Michigan State, Nebraska, North Carolina, Cincinnati, another North Carolina, and a UConn. So you're bringing in big, you know, not necessarily from a star standpoint, um, but for Western Kentucky, a three-star prospect is not anything to scoff at. And these guys were all coming from big power five programs in the same way that Ole Miss has focused its recruiting classes largely on the transfer portal. So this is something Crum has done already and will do a great job of being able to come in and be an additional recruiter alongside Partridge for high schoolers, but then also for uh, the transfer portal. And on top of that, the last thing I'll say here about Crum and his recruiting, um, he was on staff under Charlie Weiss senior at uh, Kansas. And while he was there, he was the director of high school relations. So he knows how to build relationships with recruits. He knows how to turn those players into commitments. And he has, he's from Florida. He played high school ball in Florida. So he has somewhat of a, a understanding of the state of Florida. And I think that'll be helpful too. So again, I said at the beginning in terms of numbers and schemes, and I'll say it again in terms of recruiting crumb is a very good hire and he'll be someone that high schoolers and transfer players alike will be very excited to play for at Ole Miss. Yeah. I was going to say worst case, it's, it just adds another uh, talented coach that is from a state that has a ton of high school talent being from uh, the Tampa Bay area. Uh, all right. We're going to take our first break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about Seth Beggy the offensive analyst that was hired by Ole Miss. And then we're also going to talk a little transfer portal, a little buzz going around of uh, a former five-star quarterback that was in the portal that uh, he and his father made some waves with some uh, interesting comments about why they chose where they ended up. So hang tight. We'll be right back with more Not Committed. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. Weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662 238 3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com. And you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Barry, Grayson, we're here with you before... We talked Seth Daggy. Um, I did want to get your uh, – I wanted to get your your thoughts on uh, some recent quotes that are blowing up here. Um, 
four hours ago, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated released a uh, piece, did an interview with Caleb Williams and his father um, about the whole process of going into the portal, why he chose to leave, why he ended up at uh, USC. His father talked about different um, reasons why they ended up going with the Trojans. Um, I know you're uh, you have a lot of ties to California, that program. You were awfully close to this recruitment. You um, were, if not the first, one of the first people to mention uh, that he was going to Southern Cal despite all the rumors of maybe going to Wisconsin, or whatever. Um, Ole Miss was recruiting Caleb Williams at one time. Um, Lane Kiffin had done some Zooms with him. There was some interest. Um, but this quote here was was – very interesting. I have my thoughts. I want to get yours. Quote, Lane Kiffin was fun. I liked Lane. Carl Williams, who is Caleb Williams' father. Um, I, I don't – I think his last name. It doesn't have his last name. It just uh, says Carl. So that's his dad. Um, it was going to be tough for us to go to Mississippi. Other guys were trying to put on a show. Quote, you can change the trajectory of our program. Dude, we don't care about your trajectory, the school colors and buildings. It's who can get this kid ready for the NFL. End quote. Uh, I have. I... <laughs> oh, God. So I think Carl is. I read this quote this morning too, and I've been trying to interpret it. I think he is separating Ole Miss from the other guys who are trying to put on a show. I don't think. He's saying that Ole Miss was trying to put on to show that Ole Miss was trying to say that Caleb could change the directory of the program. I, I don't think that's what he is saying. I think he is just saying that it was going to be tough for us to go to Mississippi. And I'd love to hear your thoughts because I'm going to digest this a little more. I'd, I'd love to hear what you have to say. And I'll, I'll circle back on the back end. You know, I, I think it was – Kind of one of those, you know. Well, we've already we've we've already found our landing spot, so we're good. So now we're going to go scorched earth and say some hot take stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I think it's a little disingenuous to say you don't care about where you're, where the school is or what the buildings are, anything like that. Like I, I know that Caleb Williams' main priority is playing college football and getting ready for the NFL. And I do think it is silly. It's to a certain extent for people to, well, they, you know, they're, they're still going to class. They're still a student. Um, but I do think it, it's, it's, it's very disingenuous to say that you don't care about that. And it's about who's getting your son ready for the NFL, because as someone who talks to teenagers about their recruitment a lot, more times than not, the quote that I hear nine times out of 10 when I talk with a 16, 17, 18-year-old is, man, it just felt like home. So, yeah, sure, they want to be developed. They want to get ready for the NFL after two, three, four years at the next level after they graduate high school. But let's not sit here and act like, kids don't want to be comfortable and kids don't want to have fun and enjoy where they are spending those two, three, four years. So, well I, it, and again, like, I don't know because, because Ross Dellinger didn't really push with a follow-up question or if he did, he didn't post it in the article. He just kind of moved on to, um, you know, talking about, um, Carl's son and, and just, you know, the reunion with Lincoln Riley and all that. Um, but just kind of breaking down the rest of the quote, you know, you, you care about who can get this kid ready for the NFL. Well, you know, Lane Kiffin can certainly do that. So was it more about the location of the school? You know, Hey, whatever, man, that's, that's fair. You, you, you do you, you know, the, the Williams family, you know, Caleb Williams played high school ball in DC at Gonzaga college high school. Um, I don't know the family's background. I don't know if he grew up in DC um, so I, you know, as someone who is, you know, born and raised in the district of Columbia, a little bit of a culture shock to go down to Oxford, Mississippi. I don't know if they've ever been to Mississippi because Caleb Williams never went to Oxford for a visit. Um, so as far as, you know, 
making assumptions or, you, you know, judging what Mississippi is like or what Ole Miss is like without going is something that you can certainly do, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was a little, uh, a little silly to, to make that comment about, um, you know, we don't care about the buildings or the trajectory of your program. It's a little selfish to say that. I don't, I don't know if I'm out, if I'm talking out of turn there, but, um, but we had heard the whole time. I mean, I reported it, Ben Garrett of the Ole Miss Spirit reported it. You said the same thing. Um, several people that I talked to around USC said the same thing. The whole, the main theme of his recruitment was we want him to get ready for the NFL. If that's your main concern, shouldn't everything else take a back seat? Because Lane Kiffin has certainly shown the ability to do that. He did it with Matt Corral in two years. Um, he did it at Alabama, uh, getting Jalen Hurts ready. Um, you know, uh, recruited Mac Jones. Um, obviously saw something in him and now look what he's doing with the new New England Patriots. Um, it, you know, turned a guy like, um, Blake Sims from a running back into a quarterback, um, took Alabama to the college football playoff with Jake Coker. Um, I believe Jake Coker at least had a cup of coffee in the NFL, but, um, I mean, Kiffin's coached some really good quarterbacks and gotten them ready to at least have an opportunity in the NFL. Um, and then you look at what he did the past two years with Matt Corral, who is now, uh, according to some, the number one quarterback in the 2022 draft, and is probably going to hear his name called in the first round. Um, I, I can get why almost people read that quote and think it's a little silly. Yeah. And, and so Ross Bellinger tees it up as if Kiffin were at a different school, maybe Caleb would have thought more seriously about playing for Kiffin. Quote, Lane Kiffin was fun. I liked Lane. It was going to be tough for us to go to Mississippi. So I think he's making preconceived notions about Mississippi without visiting. And I've been to Norman, Oklahoma, where Caleb started. Norman is a little <laughs> bit bigger than Oxford. There's no denying that. It's a bigger city. There are more, um, there's more to it because it's, it's a city, not a town. But with that being said, it's not like I'm going to Norman, Oklahoma on vacation consistently. I'm not going to go out of my way to go to Norman, Oklahoma. And again, I liked Norman. I thought it was a nice college city rather than a college town. But I mean, it's Norman, Oklahoma. So to sit there and say it's going to be tough for us to go to Mississippi without ever visiting Oxford, because the first time that I visited Ole Miss and I got off that plane in Memphis and drove the rental car down the back road through seven and then over to six, whatever it is. And I kind of looked around and I thought, oh my goodness, you know, what the heck have I gotten myself into here? But then boom, Oxford pops up and it sings an entirely different tune. So while Mississippi gets a bad rep for a reason sometimes because there are all those numbers out there and it's easy to make jokes about Mississippi. It's easy to sit there and say that without having any idea what the program looks like, any idea what the co college looks like, any idea what the town looks like. I mean, it's like he, he just took a cheap shot at Mississippi like the rest of the world likes to do. And I think that's lazy. I think it's a lazy way of doing that. And I think this whole piece from start to finish, and it's actually very insightful, and it comes in here and says, uh, quote, you don't know where you're going. We had no clue. We were honest. We didn't know if we were going to stay at Oklahoma, but we needed to look. People were calling us from everywhere, and they trimmed down the list to USC, UCLA, and Wisconsin. Yeah, okay, but you knew from the beginning that you were going to USC. So this whole piece to me feels like a way of not only hyping up Caleb, as he deserves, but almost a way of kind of putting the track record and <clears throat> path and receipts into place after the fact that Caleb was actually looking other places. When in reality, he wasn't. I mean, I, I, no. from everything I had heard from, from people close to the situation in Los Angeles, the second they hits the he hit the transfer portal, the expectation was that he was going to USC 
And from the second he stepped foot on campus, there was a silent commitment to the Trojans saying, I'm coming to play for Lincoln Riley, just as I did at Oklahoma at USC, but I'm going to keep my recruitment open, A, for optics, B, for NIL reasons, and C, because I'm in no rush. So this whole piece to me, and that quote in particular about Mississippi, seems like an unnecessary jab and an unnecessary way of saying that you know, his recruitment was open when it really wasn't. Um, so I just think this whole thing was was silly um, to, to say that they had no clue and that they would consider playing for Lane Kiffin if it wasn't at Ole Miss. I don't know. It seems lazy and a cheap jab at the state for really no reason. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, also, look, dude, just just use your phone, use a computer, do yeah. a quick Google Google search, and you can fit, find that Oxford is, you, you know, this in a bubble in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, sure. I mean, Mississippi deserves some of the flack that, that it gets for you know, you know, having some not so great statistics in you know health and public education and all of that. But I mean, look. I, as our buddy Ben Woodhouse once uh, once said, you know, Oxford is like the the Sandals Resort, and then everything else around it is, you know, is not so great. Um, but yeah, come on, do do a little research, and you know, you, you look up Oxford, Mississippi, and you see, oh, well, I mean, quaint little college town that's, you know, thought by most uh, reputable uh, publications that it's the best college town in the country. And it's held in high regard. I mean, it consistently makes top five lists over and over and over again. Um, yeah, it just seems like, like I said, somebody that, that, that they had already decisions made. He's enrolled at USC. He's going to play there. It just seemed like somebody that was just like, all right, I'm going to start throwing grenades out. And, yeah. You know, saying whatever, but. And the last whatever. thing I'll say here, last thing I'll say here, and I'll circle back to kind of how I started. I have been to Norman, Oklahoma. It is in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, attached to Oklahoma City, give or take. So are we really going to say that Oxford, which sure, it's a little further away from a big city, but (laughs) Oxford is like isolated by itself in Mississippi when Memphis is right there in the same way that Norman is pretty close to Oklahoma City. And I've been to Oklahoma City and I've been to Memphis. Neither place is like the best in the world. You know, I love Memphis. I liked Oklahoma City, but it's not like the number one tourist destination in the entire world. Neither is Oklahoma no. City. So so what's what are we doing? It's a lazy take. It's a lazy jab just to get Lane Kiffin's name in there and to yeah. remind the world that Caleb was talking to Lane Kiffin at one point. Yeah, and look, I, I've i been to Los Angeles. Um, I've actually not been to USC's campus. Um, it's a very different it's, – it's hard to compare Ole Miss to USC. Completely different. Size, location, weather, um, location of campus, um, you know, as adjacent to uh, Compton, whereas Ole Miss is, like you said, in the middle of nowhere, you know, off Highway 6 or off Highway 7, whichever way you come, um, you know, close to Holly Springs, uh, New Albany, whatever. I mean, it's a, it's a completely different area of the country, completely different, you, you know, just everything about it. It just seems bizarre at this time to say that. Um, yeah. But I'll say this before we move on to, to Seth Daigie. If anything, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you look at it as it's just another way that you can look at how Lane Kiffin has affected your program. True. Because this five-star quarterback would have never looked at Ole Miss if Lane Kiffin was not the coach. So, whatever. Who cares? And, and also, if you're an Ole Miss fan, on top of that, Lane Kiffin making the, pro, making the program – I can't talk – program nationally relevant um, – on top of all of that and continuing to see Ole Miss on the front page of ESPN.com and, you know, talked about in Sports Illustrated, you got Jackson Dart and you got Michael Trigg. 
So who cares? You, you basically got two for one here. You, you, you got two really talented guys to transfer in, and Caleb Williams is going to go to USC and do what he does, and, and that, that's great, whatever. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. Just bizarre quote uh, at a bizarre time. Um, speaking of USC and Los Angeles, uh, Ole Miss also added Seth Dagey to the staff. Uh, the former tight ends coach was an analyst for them as well. Uh, spent three years at Bowling Green before he was at Southern Cal. Um, the former Texas Tech quarterback that set all kinds of records with the Red Raiders. Um, he has now been hired as an offensive analyst at Ole Miss. Um, pretty impressive hire here. Uh, I talked with our buddy. I was going to say, uh, I don't even really have to call him a, a source around the program anymore because I feel like me and Scott are good buddies now as much as we've talked in the last couple months. I uh, talked to Scott Schrader of We Are SC, um, asked him about Seth Dagey, and uh, you know he echoed what I said in the post. Um, an impressive young coach who was vital for the Trojans signing Jackson Dart and Miller Moss in that 2021 class. That's two four-star quarterbacks in one class. It's really hard to do. Um, uh, he said he thinks he's a great addition to Lane Kiffin's staff and that he adds a value recruiting perspective being a Texas guy, um, St. Angelo, Texas native. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's what speaks volumes is signing two guys like Jackson Dart and Miller Moss in the same class is, is hard to do um, at the same school. And Daigie, who at the time was transitioning from being an analyst to a position coach, was able to do it. Um, so it wasn't a head coach. It wasn't an OC. Um, so this was someone who's relatively new to the coaching game, hasn't been a position coach very long, and he's already getting two four-star guys to commit to USC, um, you know, a college football program that is, you know, a national brand. Um, guys want to go there to play quarterback. And uh, he was able to do that before Devin Brown changed his mind, went to Ohio State with the Clay Helton um, departure and Graham Harrell leaving. Um, he was also instrumental in Devin Brown being committed to uh, the Trojans as well. Um, so I think this is a hell of a hire to get a guy that was a position coach, even though he wasn't retained by Lincoln Riley, um, still a guy that was a tight ends coach, had gotten to the level of being a, being a position coach, and then you bring him on as an analyst. Even if it's just for one year, it's still an impressive get for Lane Kiffin. I agree, and I, I think um... – you know, the, the Dart thing speaks to that significantly. And, and Jackson Dart's father back in January of 2021, so around this time last year, when Daigie was promoted to the tight ends coach, uh, Brandon Dart said, well-earned and deserved, you are a hidden gem, and I cannot wait to see your talent shine through. LFG, baby. So clearly he's highly regarded within the Dart family. And now Dart is going to be quarterback one. I know we agreed a couple of weeks ago that we're just going to go ahead and say that Jackson Dart's going to win the starting job. I agree. So his family's excited about it. You're helping to increase the comfortability of your eventual QB one with a guy who knows a thing or two about playing the quarterback position. I mean, he's played in 2012 at Texas tech was his kind of big year as a senior under, ironically, Tommy Tumber, Tuberville, which is hilarious. Um, I always forget that he was at Texas Tech after Mike Leach, but um, he learned under Neil Brown in the offensive coordinator role. So Neil Brown's system is not directly correlated to that of a Charlie Weiss Jr. or a Lane Kiffin, but they are similar in the sense that they spread the ball out, spread the offense out, get the ball to the best players. And David that firsthand and, and real quick i don't mean to cut you off but i i totally forgot the neil brown connection is also pretty impressive one would have i assumed that he was going to go to west virginia with graham harrell because neil brown's the head coach there and he played under or he coached under harrell at usc i yeah. i thought for sure that would have made a lot of sense so for lane to go in there and get him and bring him to the sip um is is pretty awesome and and in terms of his playing abilities, uh, Daigie finished his junior year uh, with 398 of 581 for 4,000 yards and 28 touchdowns. Not bad. 
Yeah. Um, year, Video game. For NCAA completion percentage when he completed 40 of 44 passes against New Mexico. That's crazy. Yeah. And then as a senior, he, he threw for 4,205 yards and 39 touchdowns, finished top five nationally in passing yards, touchdowns, completions, and completion percentage. So clearly he knows a thing or two about how to spin, spin the pill. And having him come down to Oxford and work with young guys like Dart and Altmeyer is going to be extremely valuable because he doesn't have a defined role so he's able to spend time where he wants and where he's needed and i think a lot of that will be in the quarterback's room even if just for a year being able to teach dart and altmeyer um the ways of the position on a first-hand level as a guy who just you know he's not old at all he's he's only been coaching since 20 15. So he's only, he's only 33. Right. So it's, it's similar to Crum in that they can teach these guys firsthand. Um, hey, here's what I did successfully. Here's how you can change your game to hopefully break my completion record one day. Um, so I think that'll be super awesome. And having him I mean, in that role is going to be key. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's young enough to where he, he was on the NCAA football game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he um, – in, in, in an upset win over fifth-ranked West Virginia, he threw for 504 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, uh, he was MVP of the Meineke Car Care Bowl, but the, his 69% career completion percentage nice. is, a, is a school record. So um, – he was a semifinalist for the Davy O'Brien Award. Um, yeah, I mean, so a dude that, you know, Texas Tech wasn't great back in those days. Um, they didn't win a ton of games, but still a guy that, you know, did everything he could as a quarterback to uh, put up points and yards. So um, during his time in Los Angeles um, with the Trojans, um, well, it was pretty good. Um Keaton Slovis, freshman All-American, Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year, completed a school record 71.9% of his passes, threw for 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns. Um, in 2020, Slovis was All-Pac-12 first team, top 20 in completions. Um, he was first in the country in completions. Passing yards, total offense, and completion percentage, all tops in the conference. And then uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was also a Pac-12 first team selection. Um, I will say before we forget, his uh, as a wide receivers coach at Bowling Green um, before he got to USC, uh, he coached Scott Miller to an all-MAC first team uh, selection year in 2016, 74 receptions for 968 yards and 10 touchdowns. So pretty good. Not bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a huge get for um, – for Ole Miss to bring in a guy like that young. Um, like you said, he can really connect with, with, with recruits, with players, been there, done that type approach to how he coaches. Um, so yeah, that's a, uh, it's a, I think it's an, another impressive hire uh, to get a guy like that who is an, uh, a position coach to bring him in as an analyst. So uh, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll close up shop here for the week. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. 
Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are back here on Not Committed, closing up the Thursday show. I wanted to talk briefly about uh, a new entry uh, into the transfer portal, uh, TCU defensive lineman Kari Coleman. Uh, announced that he was entering the portal on Wednesday. Uh, He's a New Orleans, Louisiana native. Uh, Right now, it looks like Ole Miss could be poised to bring him in. Um, I mentioned he's from New Orleans, so I figured LSU might be in the picture at least some. And then Texas potentially being in the picture as well because of Gary Patterson being added to Steve Sarkeesian's staff at Texas. But for now, it looks like Ole Miss is the odds-on favorite. Uh, Billy and Body of Bengal Tiger, part of the On3 network, told me that he believes Ole Miss is poised to add him. And then um, I had heard some similar rumblings from sources around the program. Um, all Embody, uh, myself, and On3 national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman have all entered our RPM predictions for Coleman to pick Ole Miss. Um, this was a guy that really exploded on the scene as a true freshman. Um, uh, as a freshman, he was uh, 33 tackles, three sacks, um, was the 2020 Big 12 co-defensive freshman of the year. He finished seventh nationally in tackles for loss um, and then battled through some injuries um, in 2021. Still had 19 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks. Certainly doesn't hurt that Ole Miss signed uh, his former teammate, Zach Evans. But, um, yeah, this is a guy that I think could help immediately. 6'2", 224 pounds. Um, I think he could probably still add 
anywhere from 10 to 15 in uh, summer workouts, getting in the weight room um, with Coach Savage and still be effective using his speed. Um, an explosive, flexible rusher off the edge um, who I think would be an excellent addition opposite or helping out with Cedric Johnson in the pass rush department. Yeah, I'm curious to know how, if Ole Miss lands him, if slash when Ole Miss lands him, how they plan to use him? Because I think um, he was going to transition to more of a linebacker role at TCU this year. Um, they had the new defensive I coordinator. I think they were switching schemes up. Right. They had the new defensive coordinator come in and put in a three three five. Joe Gillespie, I believe is his name. Um, and so Coleman was potentially going to move to linebacker over there in Texas in a three three five scheme. So Ole Miss runs a similar scheme um, to a three three five with three down linemen. So I'm curious to know how they plan to use him, whether they want to, like you said, beef him up and keep him on the edge uh, where I think he would be very valuable because, you know, when you look at his numbers, he is, he led the TCU and, and ranked seventh in the country with 15 tackles for loss and three sacks in his freshman season. And then came back last year, had, uh, had not as great of a season, but played very well. Nonetheless, um, it'll be interesting whether they, they, they keep him on the edge and, and try to pack some muscle on him or if they push him back to a linebacking core that could potentially use kind of that hybrid um, outside linebacker edge rusher position, um, almost similar to how they used Otis Reese this year where they brought him off the edge a lot. You could use that kind of hybrid linebacker defensive end position. You could push him out to kind of a wide nine spot, but keep him in a two point stance and have him come off the edge. You could twist him in, over the middle, or you could just keep him at defensive end. And like you said, he would be a, a variable, very valuable asset on, in that one-two punch. Um, so that's a huge get. Uh, yeah. I, I think he, he did. And when that I watched, happened. Uh, yeah, I watched a little bit of this film. Um, did a lot of nice things from a two-point stance. Um, you know, obviously he's a little undersized, but I think that's also kind of plays into what he does so well because he's quick. He can um, – get underneath offensive tackles when they're getting into their kick slide. He gets on them pretty quickly before they get their arms extended or get a punch on him. Uh, I think that, that that type of quickness is is going to be what you need in the SEC as more and more teams are going to the spread offense and more shotgun snaps than, than you know, we, we saw five years ago. Um, so being able to have someone like that opposite of Cedric Johnson, a Brandon Mack, a Damon Clowney, um, a Tavius Robinson, um, whoever is on the other side, having someone like that that can give a different look and be a little quicker, um, be a little bit lighter in the feet. You know, it wasn't too long ago that Ole Miss signed somebody um, that was kind of similar in this size range, and people thought, you know, I don't really know if he could be that effective off the edge in the SEC. And then you turn around and Marquise Haynes is playing in the NFL after um, breaking the sacks record at Ole Miss. So a um, little bit of a Marquise Haynes vibe here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's someone who quickly learned under Gary Patterson, how to use his quickness, how to use his hands, um, being effective with, uh, you know, a little shoulder dip, um, you know, chopping the hands, that kind of thing. So, uh, I think working with Randall Joyner and, and, you know, like you said, if, and when he does pick Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss is, is in a good spot right now as we record this 12:50 PM central, uh, central time, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just adding another guy that's played Power 5 football and has been there, done that. So I think it would be an excellent addition um, to this transfer portal class that is already one of the greats in the country, um, if not uh, the best. Uh, and then uh, his teammate, O'Shawn Mathis, another guy that um, really put on a show um, on the other side of uh, Kari Coleman. Um, he is announcing a top five later this afternoon. Um, of where he is intending on going after he entered the transfer portal um, was second team all big 12 in 2021 and 2020 um, started all 12 games for the Horn Frogs had four sacks um, and seven tackles for loss um, 
yeah, 6'5", 257. That's the kind of guy that you, you, you see off the edge, proto, uh, you know, a prototypical edge rusher. Um, Ole Miss would love to add him. I think right now Texas is probably the favorite. Um, with Gary Patterson being hired by Texas, I think that that's where he's leaning. But we'll see what his top five looks like later this afternoon. Um, but, again, I, I don't think uh, Lane Kiffin would, would mind adding two more Horn Frogs to his transfer portal class um, because they're going to need – man, I don't, I don't know if one guy can do it but uh, they're going to need to replace the production that Sam Williams had off the edge in 2021. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see with Mathis. I know Zach Evans has been recruiting both of his former teammates um, on the side. He's been, he's been hitting up Mathis and Coleman to see what's mm-hmm. going on over there. And if he could pull off getting his two teammates to Oxford, they would both be huge additions. Although I think, like you said, Coleman's coming to the SIP and Mathis is, going out there to return and play for Gary Patterson, but adding the two of them would, would goodness gracious, that defense would be uh, pretty, pretty gosh darn loaded. Yeah. I um, saw earlier, uh, Sam Spiegelman uh, echoed everything that we've said. Uh, Randall Joyner has been instrumental in the recruitment of Coleman and Ole Miss has already done a great job in the transfer market. The big thing here, Kari Coleman coming uh, or I should say coming to Ole Miss. <laughs> I keep speaking like it's already happened. Um, I think it is going to happen, but wherever he ends up, I'll say that, Grayson. How's that? Um, he will have three years left um, to play. So Ole Miss has done a really nice job of not only finding talent in the portal, but finding guys that have multiple years of eligibility left. That's, uh, that's key. Um, now, some of these guys, you know, might have one year, two years, and then go to the NFL, but it's it's better than the the, the one stop of the grad transfer route because you got to continue to build depth and you got to continue to build depth for for years and you know stacking depth for multiple years is is key when you're competing in the same division as LSU, as Alabama, as Texas A and M. You know these teams that recruit at an extremely high level. Um, you know, Texas A&M just signed the best class ever in the history of recruiting. Alabama does what Alabama does. LSU is still recruiting at a high level despite not winning a ton. They got Brian Kelly and his staff. Frank Wilson's back in Baton Rouge. So you know what that means. Um, <laughs> so adding someone like Kari Coleman and then if they could potentially add an O'Shawn Mathis, I mean, this is quickly turned around, not only to where you're trying to tread water, keep your head above water, whatever metaphor you want to use with this defense improving as much as it did a year ago with DJ Durkin. If you're able to add some players like this, I think Chris Partridge, Maurice Crum, the rest of that defensive staff, they have a real shot to not only improve and build on what they did last year, but could potentially have a better defense. Which is pretty awesome because that packaged with what we assume will be darts offense next year. is going to be pretty dangerous, and that's fun to think about. That's really fun to think about. Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of fun to think about, head on over to the Ole Miss Spirit, part of the On3 Network, omspirit.com. Get involved. Get on the message board. Talk to folks. We've got a lot going on over there, Spirit recruiting daily, every single day, keeping you up to date on what is going on in the transfer portal, what is going on in the 2023-2024 class. Um, heck, we're, we're, we're keeping you updated on 2025 and 2026 with what Julian Lewis is doing, trolling people with Fortnite. Um, <laughs> baseball starts this weekend, so by the time you hear this, whether it's Thursday afternoon, evening, or Friday, you'll be getting ready for Charleston Southern, first pitch at 4 p.m. local time. SEC Network Plus, I believe, is where you can watch that, but uh, Jake Thompson, Ben Garrett, the rest of the staff over at The Spirit are keeping you up to date and getting you ready for opening weekend. So um, with that, that's going to do it for not committed. The dog is ready to close up shop too. If you can hear that Grayson again, as always appreciate you joining me. Stay dry. Um, I don't know if you're going to even brave getting out later uh, this afternoon and this evening, but uh, we'll talk next week. (laughs) We'll talk next week. uh, As I'm sure the, uh, the portal continues to turn and uh, Ole Miss continues plugging away at 2023. So with that, that'll do it. Thanks, man. Absolutely. See you next week. All right, man. We out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.